Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 6th. It is six minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Boy, you came in here and you were just barking orders today. I mean, like everybody, <laughs> it's, it's everybody subservient to Casey day. She's pointing at Kevin and you're going to play this one and then we're going to move into that one. And I don't have time to listen to Rob talk or offer any insights on this. Let's go. I love how you exaggerate. Do you want to talk about your knee or are we going to wait? <laughs> You thought I was faking about my knee. Turns out there was actually something going on there. No, I don't want to disrupt because you were so, I mean, you know in the cartoons where the the (laughs) face turns red and then steam starts coming out Mm -hmm. of their ears? Mm -hmm. That was you on this Christopher Ray stuff. Whatever the deal is with Christopher Ray, you are just ready, ready, ready to talk about that. Now, that's not true at all. You you are fibbing to our listeners. What I said was, I want to get to this Marsha Blackburn clip quickly because in it, she lists everything that she wants to talk to Christopher Ray about, oh, of course, okay. the head of the FBI. He sat in front of the Senate Judiciary hearing yesterday. It lasted for hours, and it seems like everybody had their turn. But here is Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, and she's talking about all of the things that she wants to ask Christopher Ray about. We would love to know if he's covering up some of Joe Biden's crimes. I also want to know how uh, and what participation the FBI had in covering up these flight logs from Jeffrey Epstein. We would also like to know what they're doing with their investigation into Hunter Biden, what they, how they went about investigating President Trump and pulling information from private individuals that were retweeting a President Trump tweet. We also want to look at what they're doing to investigate Catholics. We hear that the FBI went in and did an interview with the priest, with the choir director, Maria. They are so off the mark. I tell you what they ought to be doing. They ought to be following these terrorists that are coming across our southern border and into our country and rooting them out. They ought to be looking at why you had two thousand Chinese nationals in the month of October cross that southern border and enter the U.S. Okay, so Marsha Blackburn listing everything. The, the Epstein client list, the uh, terror threat, the Bidens under investigation, uh, targeting Catholics. Uh, was Christopher Ray ready for all of this? And the Republicans are so angry about this, they're going to just continue to fully fund the FBI mm-hmm. and all of the things that they do or may not do. And they're just they're always going to get to the bottom of things, Casey. They've always got just a lot of a lot of questions and a lot of need for accountability. And they're well, of course, they won't use the one piece of power they actually have, which is the power of the purse. But they're really angry and they're really going to get to the bottom <laughs> of all of this, Casey. Mm-hmm. One thing that did happen yesterday during that Senate Judiciary hearing was that the FBI director says that the U.S. is facing the highest risk of attack in years. Christopher Ray said that there are blinking lights everywhere and warns terrorists will exploit the southern border. Um. Does anybody believe now, again, there are many, many people who work for the FBI who I'm sure are just incredibly hardworking people and care deeply about their country and what nothing but just the absolute best for America. Does anybody have confidence, though, in the leadership, whether it's the FBI or CIA, given the things that have come out, that the the leadership is actively engaged in 
working on behalf of the American people. And again, this is in no way to say the rank and file members of the FBI down the street from us or all across the country. I'm sure there's many, many hardworking people. But from the leadership perspective, given the things that come out on the regular, do you have any confidence Mm -hmm. in maybe that's a better way to put it? Do you have any confidence in organizations like the FBI that they'll do what's right for the American people? It seems like they know about a lot of stuff, but they're not being transparent with anything, nor are they doing anything to stop any of it. Now, Christopher Ray did say that the Bureau is moving quickly to stop threats, but he also said there's enough fentanyl flooding in from Mexico to kill every American and admitted that he was concerned about all the migrant crossings. I'm glad that he's concerned, right? And he also warned that violent extremists in the U.S. and abroad could draw inspiration from the Hamas attack. And he said that the FBI is working around the clock to stop these potential attacks. Uh, that's great. I'm glad they're working around the clock. Again, we had, we had actually just talked about this a couple weeks ago. If there was a well-coordinated uh, operation against this country. Thankfully for us, most of these terrorists are total idiots and do things that are blatantly obvious that that throw up red flags or trigger someone looking into it. But if there was a well-orchestrated plot against this country with non-morons running the show, do you have any confidence that we'd get them because of our own acumen at this point? No. No, of course not. No. If it's Donald Trump, oh, yeah, we're going to get him. No problem. But in terms of the actual nuts and bolts, uh, no confidence whatsoever. Okay, so here he is sounding the alarm once again about serious terror threats in the country. And he was asked by Lindsey Graham to compare it to before 9-11. So what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there may have been times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they might be right now. I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated all at exactly the same time. That's what makes this environment that we're in now so fraught and why funding our men and women who are working shoulder to shoulder with state and local law enforcement and other partners every day makes it even more important, not less. So. Blinking red lights analogy about 9-11. All the lights were blinking red before 9-11. Apparently, obviously, all of us missed it. Would you say that there's multiple blinking red lights out there? I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Well, that's because he's the director of the FBI, and that's his job to see those blinking red lights. But you're right. That doesn't make you feel very confident, does it? Can we go back to, uh, uh, what's her name, Blackburn? And her talking about the Epstein flight logs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy's been dead, what, is it? Is it three years, two, two years? If only there was a way we could look things up on the, on the fly, if there was a search engine or something of some sort we could do that on. Uh, maybe someday there will be. Whatever it's been, it doesn't even matter. August 10th, 2019. Oh, hell, he's been dead. He's been dead? Mm-hmm. For four years? Yeah. So this guy's been dead four years, and we still have no idea who went to his island. Like, we know clearly there were victims, which is why he was arrested, which is why uh, Giselle, not Giselle, Ghislaine mm-hmm. Maxwell yeah. was arrested and ultimately convicted. So they knew where they were convicted of something, and yet we have no idea who the people are that they took to the island or a part of the sexual abuse. How is that possible? 
How is that possible that four years after this guy died and we still essentially have no public information for the most part about who this guy was, what he did, what took place there? We have a couple of eyewitness accounts from victims. Most of that, though, was uh, swept under the carpet with private settlements. Somebody went to these islands. Mm -hmm. Somebody was there. They they trafficked these kids in for someone. And yet there's no information. Right. And Marsha Blackburn said that she wasn't going to stop until she got all of the names of every person on the flight log and that they were released to the public. That's the thing. They have the list. She's a United States senator. They're not being transparent right. about it. She's a U.S. senator. It's always this thing of, oh, someone should do something about this. Oh, we've got to stand up. And they never do the thing. Stop giving them money. Just stop. Get, whoever refuses to give information on one of the most prolific child sex abusers in the history of this country, then stop giving that organization money. Whoever is stonewalling you, stop agreeing to pay to fund that agency. This is that is so ridiculous that all these years later, we have just what seemingly is absolutely no information whatsoever. So uh, did you see that uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. revealed that he traveled? on the private plane twice. He said this on Jesse Waters' primetime last night, that he was on it twice. So he came out and said, yeah, I was on it in 93. Yeah. And? And and, and what? And what else can you tell us about this? Uh, Who was with you? Yeah. What did you do? Where did you go? What did you see? Start talking. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theory person in the sense of I'm not sure that every world leader you know, was on the flight as you're led to believe on the internet. But I absolutely don't think this guy was running around with vagrants and hobos. So, you know, who were these people that were running around on these on these airplanes? Mm-hmm. One other clip that I wanted to get to from these uh, Senate Judiciary hearing with the FBI director was from the senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. And he's talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. And he asks a really good question. Like, if the FBI knew that it wasn't real, why didn't they just say, hey, we know this isn't real? Why didn't the FBI just say, hey? The, 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 the laptop's real. Why don't you just tell everybody the laptop's real? We're not vouching for what's on it, but it's real. This isn't a, 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 a fiction. Well, I, 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 as you might imagine, the FBI cannot, especially in a time like that, be talking about an ongoing investigation. Second, I would tell you that at least my understanding is that both the FBI folks involved in the conversations and the Twitter folks involved in the conversations both say that the FBI did not direct Twitter to uh, suppress. But others were story. in government. Well, I can't, again, I can't speak to others in government. Now, that's part of the point that I was trying to make because the Fifth yes, Circuit's sir, But opinion, you're the FBI. You're not part of the White House and part of Homeland Security. You're not supposed to be political. You see all this controversy going on. Why didn't the FBI say, time out, folks. We're not getting in the middle of this, but the laptop's real. Again, we have to be very careful about what we can say, especially in the middle of uh, an election season, because that's precisely some of the problems that led to my predecessors' uh, uh, negative findings from the inspector general. Did you hear a gavel? Thank you, sir. I heard Kennedy. a gavel. He just said that they can't say things if an election is near, because that's what got his predecessor in trouble. You can't speak the truth. Yeah, that's in that wild. Because Casey? you're afraid you'll get fired. Yeah, boy, that's. I'm so glad you caught on to that. Also. 
that appears to be in direct contrast with what Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. told Congress. Right, he said we weren't working with Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg said that the government did pressure them to take stories down involving Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm-hmm. So, wait, wait, it's always someone else's fault, Casey, and we're always going to get to the bottom of it, and we're always going to hold someone else accountable, and gosh darn it, it just never seems to happen. Lies, 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 yeah. It is 18 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, 22 minutes after nine. All right, do you want to tell us about your knee? Uh, yes, and uh, you know, for several weeks now, you've been just totally dismissive of me <laughs> and thought this was some sort of fun and games, and it was good time Charlie's over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had awoken, uh, gone to uh, do various things in the morning and as soon as I got out of bed my leg mm-hmm. tragically buckled under me and I uh, in a life threatening event mm-hmm. crashed to the floor uh, thought my foot was broken at the time thankfully it was not broken uh, also thought maybe I had I, I don't know torn I'm just making up words here meniscus <laughs> or a you don't even know what a meniscus is. A UCL is. Yeah. or a, uh-huh. you know, a, 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 a ACL. Uh-huh. All sure. of them had been, had sure. been torn. Yeah. And I was in severe pain. And you thought this was just hilarious. I did not. And I said this. I this asked you many times what's going on with the knee. Could be some sort of life-altering uh, injury sure. where, where I will never walk the same ever again. Right. Thankfully, my yeah. chiropractor, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joel Starnes, mm-hmm. an incredible American, uh, I went to see him last night, and he informed me that he also knows a lot about knees and can help you with knees. Okay. And he did indeed inform me my knee was out of alignment. Okay. Thank you. He did something with a gun of some sort, shot the thing in the back twice, and now it's back in alignment and feels much better. Oh, So good. you thought it was all fun and games. Yeah. No, my knee was out of alignment for like three weeks, Casey. Oh, I'm so sorry. But did he say if you'll be able to play the piano? <laughs> Couldn't help you with that? I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Uh, because there's nothing worse than a cranky Rob Kendall. Well, I mean, I was very, <laughs> here was my concern, because after I determined my foot was not broken, mm-hmm. um, it was just very sore, and after a couple of days of it beginning to heal, my issue was that it's not normal for someone with no history of leg injuries, you know, look at me, I'm very physically fit, sure. to just have their leg buckle from under them. Now, my question is, what caused this to happen Initially, Yeah, what'd you do? I, I don't know. I mean, I literally just went out to walk uh, <laughs> after getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. However, everyone can rest better. My knee is now back in alignment. It feels very, very good. And uh, the health risk, health crisis, it appears, at least for now, may have been averted. Good. I'm thanks, glad you, thanks I'm, to modern medicine. Yes, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. Hey, you know what we have coming up on Friday? We have the WIBC radio. Oh, that's right. And I saw at Sullivan's. Yeah. And so do you remember last year? I was I was trying to forget. I was relatively new to the program. (laughs) And and, and you did something last year. (laughs) That's right. That I will never, never, ever forget. (laughs) So our our listeners know you you guys know that we have this template. And it's the it's the (laughs) it's the outline of 
topics that we're going to discuss. Some of them we get to, some of them we don't. <laughs> so at this point last year, Rob said, hey, you know, we've got Radiothon yes. tomorrow and uh, you need to do the template. You need to get really good at this. <laughs> I thought, okay. So it was the first time that you had turned over the template to me 100%. And I must have spent four hours working on the template for the Radiothon Mm -hmm. broadcast. It's very involved A lot of time. It was was the first time I was doing it solo. I wanted to do a good job. I was very thorough. Look at you go. I wanted to have all of my facts Correct, it's and, one, it's, and, and, and I wanted you to be proud of me. And that honestly, I did Casey, it. it's probably the best template we've ever had on this show. I mean, the time possibly. you put into that was possibly just truly an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then that morning, the morning of Radiothon, <laughs> I showed up to Sullivan's, and I was very proud to present the template to you. And and we get going into the broadcast, and I realized very quickly that we're not we're not talking about any of the things that I spent hours working on and you knew it. You completely hazed me. Guess what? What? Not happening this year. I'm not falling for your tomfoolery. I know the deal this time. Uh So while I may put a few things on the template, I'm not spending four hours to try and impress you. Yeah. Or have this big time show that we're not going to even talk about any of it. And see, I told Kev this at the time. I said, every woman secretly deep down needs to impress a man. And I'm going to prove it right here with this. And you totally took the bait. I did. I hope he loves me after he sees this template. (laughs) But the uh, WIBC Radiothon does kick off on Friday morning at 6 a.m. But right now we've got the uh, individual talent kettles up at WIBC and my good friends at Galaxy Concrete Coatings have uh, said that they will donate up to $1,000. They'll match up to $1,000. So we'd like to get a little head start on the donations. And if you'd like to uh, help us out, go to the WIBC.com and click on the page with my face. Everyone support Not Casey. Not Rob. No, everyone support Casey. Yeah, yeah. If you want to donate, just donate on my page. That you, would be great. You know, the amount of money, I was thinking about this. I've been here seven years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not one to try to take credit for anything, Casey. I'm a more of the behind the scenes type of person. Sure. And uh, but <laughs> truly with the amount of money I've raised for the Salvation Army in the 7 years I've been here, I'm not necessarily saying like a monument in front of our building is due in my honor, mm-hmm. but I I'm saying, I mean it's a pretty impressive amount of money we've raised over the years and um yeah, everyone should just go to Casey's page mm-hmm. and when you give to Casey's the Casey's account just say this is Rob's Rob's raised enough, so let's let's let Casey have some money yeah, this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, give me a little bit of the glory. Well, it's actually it's all for the community with the Salvation Army, and uh, we can't wait for it. How many years have have we been doing this? Uh, Do you know, nine, you don't know. Nine thousand. Not okay. This is the nine thousandth radiothon. I mean, I, I, what is this? It's thirty. Is this? I don't know. Every year they tell us when we get there. What I mean, it's been a very long time, and obviously by this point we've raised tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. for, for Salvation Army. All right, and we always appreciate your support, and we're going to count on you again Good this luck year. on that template, Casey. Yeah, uh, <laughs> once again, it starts Friday at 6 a.m. with 93 WIBC. 
Good morning, 935 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So nearly 60% of people living in the Midwest and the surrounding states say they will not get the new COVID-19 vaccine this year. That's according to a new Emerson College poll. Now, the FDA has approved an updated COVID-19 booster, uh, but most people, majority, more than half at least, saying, no, thank you. Pass. Not going to get this. Uh, does that surprise you? Not really. I mean, you, you, are, you and I are in a different world on this. You got the the vaccine. I, I did not. You probably, I would guess at this point, based on your own public statements, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. You feel uh, a lot of anger over that because mm-hmm. you were essentially forced into it by your employer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and you had you had physical ramifications from being forced to do that. Yeah, and if I had the opportunity to go back in time, I would have said no thank you and I would have uh risked the job. Yeah. Probably. Well, and it's it's not you know, and I, again, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth and thankfully you you have a microphone so you can put your own words in, but I would <laughs> I would guess a big part of that is number 1, you felt rushed into doing it. Number two, you didn't feel you had all the information necessary. And number three, it's horrible to have to make a choice between your job and your own physical health. And you probably feel a little betrayed by the people who were, you know, in positions of authority over you that they forced you into doing that for something, especially the cherry on top. You would feel that way regardless, but the cherry on top is this thing has now been proven largely ineffective over a long period of time. Yeah. I think it's really interesting in this study done by Emerson College that they're saying specifically people in Minnesota, Illinois, Colorado, and Iowa, about half of the residents say they're going to forego the vaccine and that it's a Midwest thing. Obviously, you've got... I. I guess maybe a more liberal attitude towards the vaccines on the coastal states. Well, and I think a big part of it too is there's obviously, you know, there were, and, and this happened during uh, COVID here. You have huge, I mean, just massive government misinformation out there. Eric Holcomb and Dr. Box gynecologists were the provocateurs, the presenters of mass government misinformation. I mean, they they lied to people about COVID. Now, Holcomb will come out now and go, well, I was just dealing with the information that I had at the time. There's no science that backs up the things that Eric Holcomb was saying during COVID. He was listening to people, mm-hmm. but there was absolutely, in the long run, no science that supported the words that came out of his mouth or the actions he took during COVID. We now know. Now, if you listen to this show, you knew from the beginning because the data was very clear two weeks on uh, what the reality was. The reality was that if you were an able bodied younger person, then you had no business being locked in your home. If you were an able bodied younger person, you had no business not going to work. If you were an able bodied younger person, the risk of long term health effects for you were negligible. Now, did some people get COVID and and have had, you know, whatever they call COVID brain or whatever? Yes, absolutely. But it's a risk versus reward thing where 
Eric Holcomb can't prove that anything he did prevented someone from getting COVID. And most of the people who got COVID were perfectly fine. And the destruction on society, when you factor in things like abuse and drug use and suicide and mental health deterioration, far outweighed whatever he might have been able to claim that he saved. So you had mass government hypnosis, mass government misinformation, Eric Holcomb using a bully pulpit along with Dr. Box gynecologist, who, by the way, got COVID many, many times despite finger wagging at everybody else. And uh, you just look at this and go, this is why people bought into this or felt compelled to buy into it because the media gave these clowns like Eric Holcomb and it was, you know, it was Newsom. It was uh, the guy in New York, Cuomo. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically everybody other than Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome and Greg Abbott were in on this just hoax of, of the American people about what does the vaccine would do, about how a mask would help you not not get COVID, about lock, being locked in your home was the only way to prevent this, about standing six feet away from people. We know all of that stuff now is complete bullcrap, Casey. It's complete bullcrap. So I think in those other states, my point in all of this is I think in those other states, the mass hypnosis and misinformation probably still exists more so than it does places in the in many midwestern states wyoming has the largest percentage of residents who are gonna most likely skip it with 74 percent and then you've got you mentioned uh one of the dakotas well north dakota oklahoma kentucky west virginia and idaho all say uh they're not going to get the booster 65 percent of residents saying they're going to pass and so far the cdc has reported that only 16 percent of u.s adults have gotten the latest vaccine and uh, Indiana's own Mike Braun is now introducing legislation to stop travel coming in from China as there's talk of more respiratory illnesses coming in. And, of course, you've seen more stories about white lung that is spreading around the country. You know, I think the Just other, in time for an election. I think the other thing that was so um, offensive about the COVID is how the people who asked the logical questions – that ultimately proved to be correct were treated. It doesn't make you some anti-science, anti-vaxxer person if you're looking at the, the logistics of the information being provided by the government of all people during COVID and saying, now, wait a second, based on A, B, and C, I'm probably gonna be okay. No, no, you gotta get vaxxed to protect yourself from other people. But but wait a second, people who have the vaccine are getting COVID or people who are around people who have the vaccine are, are getting COVID. No, no, you're just an anti-science person. You want you want your grandma to die. I'm not an anti-vax person when vaccines have the process of going through the proper channels, the studies, the long-term you know examinations. I'm 100% not anti-vaccine. We're having to make choices for our daughter right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're doing? We're getting all the information, some of the vaccines we're getting, some of the ones we're not getting, but it's not because we're anti-vax, it's because we actually are the thing that people say, you know, you should want to be, which is we are pro-understanding realities and long-term effects, and where there are vaccines where there's not ample information, maybe we're foregoing some of those, but I'm not going to feel bad about 
doing my own homework, doing my own research, listening to medical professionals, and then making informed decisions. It doesn't make you a scourge on society. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be forced into it. A lot of times the vaccines for younger people, they're bundled together too. Yes. So now you have to see if if it's available to have them separate. We're we're actually going through that right now with one of the the vaccines. We made a choice that there was a vaccine that we felt was, was good to have based on the information, the conversations we had had. And uh, our medical provider only had them together. So it's taken we're we're having to go through extra steps to get them done separately. You know why we're doing that? Because you want to know if there is an issue, which one it came from. It doesn't make you a bad person to question even medical professionals. That's their job is to it's like it's no no different than any other customer service industry they work for you your doctor your dentist your nurse works for you if you have questions ask if it's not been properly explained to you ask if you have hesitation you don't have to just go along with it because somebody tells you many many times the overwhelming amount of medical professionals are wonderful people and they're not in conspiracy theories on the right or the left they're giving you the information they have they're oftentimes giving you information based on what the liabilities are both their liability and potentially you know your the liability of someone's health it's not this broad conspiracy in many cases but it doesn't i mean just the way people were treated during covid casey mm-hmm. absolutely sucked it's 9:44 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 48 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. So one in five Americans are going to apply for a new credit card to help with holiday shopping this season. Yeah. And uh, nearly half say that their charitable giving will be affected by inflation. Oh, They're not going to give as much. That sounds like a horrible idea. Get a new credit card just to pay for Christmas? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but the actual meaning of Christmas is not about stuff. It's not about... This is like our, uh, you know, mandatory disclaimer Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Christmas... Christmas is not the meaning, true meaning of Christmas is not actually about how much stuff you can buy. Yeah. Uh, WalletHub did a new study and they said that one in three Americans are going to forego gifts completely due to inflation. Good. And uh, a lot of them, 66%, were going to cut back or slim down. I guess my question is because so many people do, and it really says something about our society, people feel compelled they have to get other people gifts. And my question would be, why? Like any person whose love or affection or friendship is predicated on you giving them something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, don't know. know if that's really I, a I great relationship. Yeah, I don't really think that's somebody with. you should probably be putting a lot of emphasis on being friends with. And if you're in a financial position mm-hmm. where you can't afford to do that with the cash you have on hand, then my advice would be don't do it because opening up credit cards for just specific reasons i don't know consult your trained financial professional but that seems like a a really quick path to nowhere casey so some people 25 percent one in four are still paying for last year oh my gosh that's horrible can you imagine you're still paying for what you bought last year yeah and then what are you going to do this year? Well, let's just take out another credit card. We're 19 days away from Christmas, by the way. Well, you know, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit where the 
inflation because of government's magical money printing factory and the government choking off the supply chains. And I mean, it, it was laughable that three years ago, three and a half years ago, people thought you could just shut society down and oh, it'll be 15 days and everything will, will go back to normal. I mean, even if it had just been 15 days, you can't disrupt life for that amount of time and just think things are going to just snap back to normal. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're going to feel the pain of what the government did to you for a, probably at least another five to 10 years because you, you just you, you can't. There's so many tentacles to the harm that the government did and the tentacles, you know, are in many ways it's connected. Right. So if you disrupt one thing, it's going to affect everything else. And as we've seen, you, you, you've seen massive price you know, spikes. You've seen the inability to get various goods and, 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 and services. And these things are all tied in together. So the, the point of all this is we had this conversation yesterday. You can't w work your way out of inflation. Like I, I got a, I had a second job this year at the, at the golf course. And it, you know, it wasn't like I was doing backbreaking labor, but it was still time and time away from my family. And, you know, it, I was fortunate that I was able to do something that I'm passionate about. So it's not, it's like this job, it's not really work, but I look at the money that I made, and then we talk about the statistics on how much more something costs. Mm -hmm. I worked a second job, Casey, and I'm not really sure I got ahead. That's well, pathetic. what did we say that you have to spend eleven thousand four hundred dollars on average? I think here in Indiana it was ten thousand ninety-one dollars. Yeah, that's pathetic. You're spending more this year than last year just for the same lifestyle. I, I worked a second job. I'm not sure if I got ahead from where I was the year before. This is not to say, oh, cry for Rob Kendall. I'm saying that's pathetic and it shouldn't happen in this country where if you're willing to go out and bust your ass and you're willing to work a second job or work extra hours at your other job, you should be able to be rewarded and get ahead financially from you know, a security standpoint. And many, many people are in the same boat I am where they've gone out and worked a second job and they're still not getting ahead. That does That is not uh, a recipe for a secure reliable society or financial structure. So, you know, every year the uh, PNC Financial Services comes out with their Christmas price index, which is how much it costs for the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> and of course, as you can imagine, it's at an all-time high, $46,729.86 mm -hmm. this year for the 12 days of Christmas. And it's an eye-popping 10.5% increase mm -hmm. and they go through and they list all of the the things that like the price for the 10 lords of leaping and the 11 pipers piping and the 12 drummers drumming have increased four percent six percent six percent uh the nine ladies dancing however held steady <laughs> that's because of contractual differences yeah. uh -huh. um but i thought this was a really interesting i mean i i and I, I can share with you the increase like the partridge in a pear tree went up 13 percent two turtle doves 25 percent the three french hens went up 3.5 percent uh the four calling birds and the five gold rings stayed steady oh. which is very interesting six geese of laying went up eight percent you've got the seven swans of swimming the eight maids of milking and the nine ladies 
ladies dancing all remain flat. The 10 Lords of Leaping went up 4%. The 11 Pipers Piping went up 6%. And the 12 Drummers Drumming went up 6%. Who's the person who had to do the calculation on how much the <laughs> right? Pipers Piping? The Pipers Piping. Cost. Uh, but I thought this was an interesting take. Uh, Jesse Waters from Fox, he read how much the cost of Kevin McAllister's groceries yeah, I saw this. changed since Home Alone was first released. So you remember Home Alone when Macaulay Culkin goes grocery store shopping and yes. he has his lists? So in 1990, he buys milk, bread, toilet paper, laundry detergent, fabric softener, cling wrap, macaroni and cheese, a turkey TV dinner, OJ, and a bag of plastic army men. Cost $20. Last year... He used a coupon. He used a coupon. Oh, <laughs> maybe even less. <laughs> Last year, whatever, when... $44. This year, the same exact grocery list, $72. Where are you shopping? Kroger. <laughs> Breitbart shops at Kroger, according to this article. So you can't get out there and say things are good when they're not. They're doubling in prices. That's interesting. I want to know, does Kroger really sell a bag of army men, though? You know, I, in the toy aisle? I would say there probably was once upon a time. They did. Does Kroger even have a toy aisle anymore? <laughs> right. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.